Okay, uh, this morning we got something a little bit different of what we normally do on Sundays. Uh, at, a couple weeks ago we started a brand new series, and the name of that series was Worship. And we spent a couple weeks kind of talking about just the broad topic of worship and how huge it is and how amazing it is. And I mentioned how at some point in the series we're going to zero down and look at kind of what we do on Sunday mornings, okay, and see how how we take those aspects of worship and make sure that we're doing that on Sunday morning. So we're going to do that uh, this morning. And to do that, um, what I thought would be the best way uh, to talk about this discussion would be to talk to our worship pastor, our very own worship pastor. We have a worship pastor on staff whose name is uh, Mr. Kirk Hansen, and it is his role um, as the worship pastor to every Sunday to get us, really, in keeping with our definition, to think big, amazing thoughts of our God and to create, in a sense, a service where we are getting our minds to think about God. And that's really his, his job. That's what he um, takes very seriously to make sure that happens on Sunday morning. So I thought this morning we'd take some time to interview him and ask him some questions about that, What's you know to kind of just pick his mind and, and get him um, to help us think through those things. And so let's put our hands together for Mr. Kirk Hansen. Wherever he's at, there he is. And I, I'm just going to say, uh, it. Kirk and I get to, every week we meet and we have conversations. We love to talk about different things and, and discuss these things. So really, we're going to just be inviting you into one of our conversations of things that we've talked about, you know, the two of us. And so it may be a little bumpy. It may not be as smooth as, you know, typical Sunday mornings. But just join us in our conversation and, and hopefully you'll get something out of it. And I'm going to sit down here. We should do this every Sunday. Every week. Sitting in these I'm going to start leading worship from like one of these lounge chairs. It's like you got coffee, too? Yeah, I got some coffee. Oh, well. I didn't get you any. Oh, okay. Sorry. Put that it's here. usually how our conversations go. Well, Kirk, thank you for being part of this. Thanks for being willing to do this. Um, I, do, uh, I do just want to take this time to just kind of bless Kirk. Uh, he's been, how long have you been on staff now? Six years. Six September years. was six years. And Kirk has done an amazing job of leading us into work. And so thank you, Kirk. Really appreciate it. Kirk hates it when we do that, so I had to make sure we do that just to get him uncomfortable. All right, Kirk, uh, let's just kind of start out by talking about Sunday church time. Uh, I grew up having to go to church every Sunday. In fact, we were kind of forced to as kids. Anybody get forced to going into church? Yep. Yep, so you know what I'm talking about. And honestly, I couldn't stand it. Anybody willing to admit you couldn't stand it either? Yeah, I, I, I despise Sundays, and I knew, oh, my land, we've got to go to church. Um, and yet, it's something that Christians all around the world right now are going to church. They're going to church service. Um, and so tell me, why, first of all, I guess cover two things. Why Sunday? And why every Sunday? Why do we do it as a recurring thing? Um, well, why Sunday as opposed to any other day of the week? Um, really, it all started with the, the apostles in the early church. They decided to celebrate every week the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. So really, every Sunday that we gather as a church family is really a resurrection Sunday. That's cool. Kind of cool. We should think that on Sundays. Yeah, and that's, that's why we sing songs about that all year. I know yeah. sometimes it's weird to sing 
songs that are like, man, you, you, you sing the lyrics and sing the words, and it's like, man, that's just like an Easter song. Well, you know how people always say, well, it should be Christmas all year. Well, it should be Easter all year, too. Right, sure. Yeah. So, but why, so why do we do it regularly? Um, well, the book of Hebrews tells us that we shouldn't give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I mean, there's, there's one example there of the Bible basically demanding or mandating God's people to gather regularly um, to encourage one another and to worship God together okay. as one body. And then, and then I guess the third question on that, then why do we do this service thing? You know, we have a 8 to 9, 8, 9, 15 to 10, 15. Why do we do the service where we have the songs, we do the things? Why that? I mean, I'm sure people wonder that. Because, you know, you hear all the time where people are like, I don't need to come to church to worship God. I can worship God in my tree stand. And, you know, there's, there's truth to that. Sure. So why Amen. do we do this service thing? Um, well, we do this service, I mean, because of this, this passage here, for one. Um, but then also that, you know, we've been talking about this renewed thought life for the last few weeks. As we gather on Sunday and, and learn about God and sing uh, songs and hymns and spiritual songs together, um, we are, in a sense kind of catching that rhythm or teaching each other how to really live out that renewed thought life, hmm. which hopefully will then pour out into the rest of our week. That's cool. I like that. It's just like a, we're practicing yeah. this life of worship. So, you know, and talking to Kirk when, when he said that, you know, Sundays are really about reorienting our minds to think great thoughts about God. And I love that. I think that's really true because throughout the week, we're not. We're just thinking a lot of dumb things about, <laughs> about the world. Okay, uh, you know, I, I love it. And, and I love that when that happens, when you, you know, if you ever come to, like, to a church service anywhere in your life and you walk out just thinking incredible thoughts about God. Have you ever had that experience? That is an effective church service. I mean, that's what you, you want to have happen every Sunday. And we need practice for that. You know, yesterday I went to a funeral service to uh, Carol Jeffries. Uh, she's part of our church family, and she went to be with the Lord last week. And let me tell you something, guys. That funeral service was a worship service. It was incredible. You know, my dad always said, he goes, Luke, you can't bring honor and glory to God in your death unless first you're bringing honor and glory to God in your life. And I tell you, she did that in her life, and therefore that funeral service was a worship service. I walked away from that service just thinking awesome thoughts about God and you know cool. my relationship with Him. Um, what's another great thing that we that ha- are supposed to happen on Sunday mornings? Um, well, um, sorry, I lost my place here on the paper. <laughs> You know, um, as you, we're as we're gathering, just in, in first and second service, you were talking about how we need to see Jesus in each other. When we sure. love each other, we see Jesus. And you were quoting from that oh, worship pastor. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I follow um, a, a, a quite a few worship pastors on social media and things, and um, one of them kind of lives by this this quote that the worship of God is is the love of God lived out in the lives of his people. And 
Cool. I think that's one thing that's just really so, um, so true and real that we can worship God in so many ways. Yep. But really, the, the key is, is with, that, with our own lives. And as we gather on Sundays, we can see that in, in one another. It's kind of a time for us to gather where the, you know, the, the saints all gather together and we encourage one another and we, we point each other to Jesus, really. And, yeah. and that really can be an effective way for us to be able to realign our thoughts and, and our thinking. That, to me, is one of the greatest compliments that a church can get is if somebody walks in and says, man, this is the most loving place ever. Because when we love each other, you know, Jesus says, they'll be able to tell you're my disciples by your love for one another. Mm -hmm. And when we love each other, people see Jesus in us. And that should be happening on Sunday mornings. Amen. Every, every Sunday. Okay, Kirk, um, we gather every, every Sunday, um, like you said, to reorient our minds towards God. Um, but what are some things, if we're doing it every Sunday, sometimes like me growing up, I got so sick of going to church. Um, what are some things that it, can be danger spots, like things we've got to be really careful that doesn't happen to us on Sundays? Well, I think on, on the individual level, it's really easy when, when things are kind of done the same way. Uh, it's really easy to kind of get into a, kind of this spirit of ritualism and kind of forgetting the why to what we're doing and yeah. to be able to just kind of go through the motions and not really, not really see all of the... Um, the activities we engage in as something to, to really be um, worth doing, That's even to, to some degree. Ritualism, a basic definition for ritualism is to do things over and over again and not really know why you do them. And guys, that happens in churches all over the place. It happens here. And I, I think, you know, something that we need to be very careful of is that when we come here on Sunday mornings and we are in our, in a sense, worship service, you better know why you're doing what you're doing. If you don't know why, make sure you ask somebody because that's going to help lead you into a, a heart of worship. Does that make sense? So make sure you're not just doing something because, well, I don't know, this is what we've always done. So that, what's another danger? Um, well, another danger for sure is um, the individual can kind of approach uh, our worship time as a time to consume or, or to be fed. And we kind of fall into this perspective of like a consumer-based type worship. To be entertained in to a be, sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, to be entertained. And that's really kind of a dangerous thing, you know, if you think about it. Um, if, if everyone came in with that perspective, then the onus um, to get everyone worshiping God is all on the people up front here who are, are leading the family which that's really no more of what we're doing than anything else. We're just, we're just leading you guys through the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and it's really on, on the collective of all of us to be worshiping our creator God together. Yeah, it's true. So, guys, let's be careful of that. Um, I think that's so true what Kirk said. We can easily fall into ritualism where we do things and we don't know why. And then we can also show up on Sundays and like, all right, what do you got for me? You know, it's like, I want to be entertained. Entertain me right now. Because we live in an entertainment world, and we just, we put that right onto our, in a sense, our Sunday morning church services. Make sure you do not come with that sort of attitude. Uh, we treat church service like a buffet. Like, I'll have a piece of that. I'll have some of that. I don't like that. I'm going to go to this church because they have that. 
Let's be careful we don't do that, okay? We, we are not here to consume worship. We're here to worship God. Amen? Yeah, I, as we're um, talking about this, I'm reminded of a, a passage in First Peter. I think it's chapter 2 that says oh, yeah. um, that we are a royal priesthood. All of us, we are all a royal priesthood, and that, that really kind of explicitly implies that we all have something to contribute to these Sunday morning wor- worship services. Mm-hmm. We all, in a sense, are ministering to each other as we worship God together. That's a good point. All right, Kirk, as a worship pastor and you're planning in for the week, what are some things that are running through your mind that you want to make sure people are thinking these thoughts about God and helping in the worship in a sense, component. Like, what, what components of God do you want us to think highly about? Well, first, even before that, I think, like, a, a real big objective of, of mine and of the worship teams is to hopefully help the family, the body of Christ, kind of catch a rhythm that pours into the rest of their week, that this worship on Sundays mm-hmm. kind of helps people connect um, this this activity to the rest of their life, um, which I think is important. But, you know, we can certainly, to, to be thinking great thoughts about God, we can, we can absolutely be thinking of him as our creator. Um, and then uh, another way, that he's, he's our redeemer. He's redeemed us from our sins, redeemed us from ourselves. And, um, and also that God desires a personal relationship with every one of us. Those are all kind of three key messages that we try to weave into all of the, the songs that we sing together as a family. Let's break that down. Talk about creator. Like, what do you mean by worshiping God as creator? Well, God has created this earth, and God's creation is all around us. And, and therefore, like, all we really need to do is look out a window yeah. or, or just exist out, outside. You know, guys, I think any time that we, we walk by something powerful or something beautiful or precious and we don't take the time to acknowledge that or give credit to the Creator who made that, we miss out on an opportunity of worship. Because, like Kirk says, creation's all around us. Uh, something, a habit I try to do is in the summers, um, obviously in the summers, uh, here is I, I try to take time to focus on flowers. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you just take time to look at the exquisiteness of flowers, every flower is different, and it is beautiful. And our Creator made that. And I like to take pictures of them so that later I can look at my phone. drives my kids nuts. They'll keep walking, kind of like, Dad, you're an idiot. But I, I, I like to do that. And I'd encourage us to, any time we see something that is part of God's creation, to really worship God in that, to think great thoughts about our Creator for having made that, and the fact that he could made that. That's huge. It's a, it's a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah amen. I kind of do the same thing to my family, too. Whenever, But I do that when we're in the car. And so I drive like, like this, and I'll look around and go off the road a little bit here and there. That's Everybody. a good way to come face-to-face with your career. Amen, yeah. amen. That's, that's Everybody awesome. wears their seatbelts <laughs> in our car when that's I'm driving. Awesome. All right, you talked ask. about Redeemer. Tell us what you mean I worship him as a redeemer. Um, yeah, well, God has um, redeemed us by sending his son Jesus to this earth to, to once and for all pay the ransom for um, all of our sins. Uh, Romans 5.8, it says, 
That God demonstrates his own love for us while we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And, you know, there, I, don't, I don't think there's really any... I think of the, the time when I really kind of grasped that as a believer. I was a new believer, and I, I think those are, the, those are the things that just really drive us to really want to pursue God, to just awesome. to, to realize that. And I think that's why uh, so many young, young believers or people who have just accepted Christ are so overflowing with, like, joy yeah. and fervor. Yeah, and they're hit with that. And they're just, like, totally... They're go-getters, but they have yeah. not really any idea what they're going to get. That's true. You know, guys, let's look at that verse for a second. Just let me... I'm the preaching pastor, so let me preach. Sorry. Um, no, preach you're just fine what you're doing. Um, I want us to look at that verse and just see how awesome this verse is. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. What kind of love did he have for us? Well, look at it. It says, while we were what? Still sinners. Think about that for a second. It doesn't say while we were, while we finally had it all together, or while we were squeaky clean, he came for, no, it says while we were still sinners, while we were still messed up beyond belief, while we were still in the kingdom of darkness, while we were still enemies against God, God sent his son to die for us. That kind of love. That's a redeemer, and we can think great thoughts about our God in that redemption. It's a very powerful way to worship God. All right, talk to us about um, the him just being as our friend. Sure, yeah. I mean, clearly, on, on Sunday, we, we try to look towards how God relates to us and how we relate to him, and um, we absolutely can worship God through our personal relationship with him. And, and, you know, what's so neat about that is that fact that, that God himself desires a personal relationship with us is a really, really powerful thing. Yeah. Dude, it should, it should blow our socks off. Yeah, sweep us right off our that. feet. I mean, yeah. that should be amazing. For sure. <clears throat> All right. So um, Sunday really is about getting us to see the greatness of God. And, uh, you know, kind of in talking about this, it's kind of weird, but we kind of look at worship as like it's something that we have to do. You know, I got to go do worship. But you know what, guys? Worship is not something we do. Worship comes from what our mind is thinking. You know, that's our definition. Worship is the inherent attitude of a renewed mind. And so when we really, when we're thinking great thoughts about God, Worship just flows out of that. And that's what Sunday mornings are to be about. We need to see that happening in, in our midst. Renewed, renewed thought life really is um, worship. And, and we should get to the point where every bit of our body is worshiping God. We yeah. should come to that point. Amen. All right, Kirk, let's, let's address this part of our Sunday mornings. Um, we sing songs, okay? We, we, we always sing three or four songs each Sunday. And We've been doing that for as long as I remember. I don't think we've ever had a Sunday where we didn't have a song. Or maybe we... No, we've always had a song. Um, but why, why do we do that? And, and I, I, the reason I want to address this is because, once again, ritualism. We could do things and not really know why we're doing them. And so why do we sing songs? Well, even before we get to the why, I think I want to address that um, we all can, we can worship and not be singing, which we've kind of been talking about here. Um, but we also can be singing and not not worship God. Hmm. That's true. 
Say that one more time just that so they get that. We can worship God and not be singing, and we can also be singing and not worship God. And thank goodness we can worship and not be singing because some of us aren't great singers. True story. It's so a good way to go about that. <laughs> Luke Sow is in the front row and he's throwing me off when he sings, <laughs> sings really loud. <laughs> we, at, at the funeral service yesterday, we wrapped up the song with uh, In Christ Alone. And the, the person that was leading the, the song, she said, guys, I want to raise the roof with this song. Let's sing it at the top of our lungs and let's worship our creator. And you know, I was in this spot of like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. And so I let her rip. And I'm up on the balcony. And I think I ruined it for everybody because my voice is belting out. And I could see people kind of, you know, look on the balcony. But it was awesome. I just yeah. I love being able to. And, and I just want to clarify something. If you happen to be a person who you have acknowledged the fact that you can't carry a tune even in a bucket, um, I, I do want to hear you singing. I really do. Um, a lot of times, the those are the the most beautiful um, experiences I've had when when there there are certain people who sing way off key, but they sing yeah. so loud, and it has nothing to do with their pitch. It says in Scripture, Kirk, to make a joyful noise. Right, unto exactly. The Lord. <laughs> <A> joy- so, <laughs> doesn't say anything about being on pitch. A joyful noise. Yes. All right. Well, singing obviously is an age-old practice that saints have done for for centuries. But kind of talk to me about music. How does music play a role in that? Well, I you know we were talking about God being our creator, and for me, I, I certainly see that music is something that's also been created by God, and and it's all over Scripture that we as a, as a people are mandated to sing songs yeah. and make music and praise the Lord through music. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's just, it's a really wonderful thing to know that God created this. And God, you know, he created even the tones that, that, in, that are a part of yeah. all of the instruments and the music. And he created the, the ability for all of us to, um, to vary the pitch of our own voices, yeah. some better, some than, better others. than others. Um, Together, yeah, it runs right back around to the. Together as one people, in order to honor and glorify Mm -hmm. Him, and it's just a beautiful thing. And I want to mention too that God doesn't really need any of it. It's really for our own benefit. That's so true. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And obviously, we don't need instruments for all this. We could be an acapella church. Yeah. But we use instruments, and kind of talk me through instruments. Like how how can they aid in the process? So the to speak to it being God's creation and, and, and that I really believe that um, it's part of God's design that as, as we hear music, it just has this really supernatural ability to um, kind of get our wheels spinning in our mind. Um, we, we are kind of inherently able to kind of focus on God and let our walls be broken down mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, music in all forms really is worship of some kind. Yeah. And it just, it immediately, um, whether you are a, a musical type person or not, it immediately invokes an emotional response. Yeah. Uh, what I've found that music does, and I, you guys have probably seen this, but music has the ability of taking walls down. You ever notice that? Where you may have your walls up, but the minute music starts to play, you put your walls down and you're willing to kind of hear or take in what's being said. 
And so often, I won't do this every Sunday, but often um, I will ask if we have anybody on keys or whatever just to come up and play softly because naturally we'll put down our barriers and I want people to hear the words that are being said so that God can use it to impact their hearts. And it's, we do that in our, in our song as well. You know, as I've been a pastor for about 20 years now, and nothing, nothing elicits more comments or negative stuff or positive, even positive than how the music is in each church. It's crazy. You will get everything under the sun. Like, our music is too soft and it's just like so slow and I feel like I walk out crying all the time. Or it's too upbeat. The drum is too... Why do we even have a drum? Is that even godly? Or why do we have an electric guitar? We should only have an organ. Or, you know, we should have this and that. And it, it is crazy how many comments you get. And what I think we need to see is that these things are aids to um, worship. They, they shouldn't distract us. And so we need to make sure we don't get distracted by, by these things. Like even up here, we're talking about second service, how everything you've done up here really is to try to help aid us in worship. Yeah, absolutely. Like explain that. Well, I, you know, as, as a worship team, um, we really do everything we can as excellently as possible, not for our glory, but to, to glorify and magnify God through this worship time. Um, and so... We spend time preparing, we spend time planning, and, and we really work hard to be diligent um, about how we do what we do and uh, to be absolutely sure that everything that we do has a purpose. Right. And that sole purpose is to allow our family, when we gather, to, to be able to focus their hearts and minds on, on and God. And that goes to lights. Sure. This wood background to the PowerPoint background. I mean, everything you're thinking of, like what's going to aid to bring people to think about God. Yeah, it's the intention. Uh, you know, yeah. we're not perfect, but right. no, obviously, it's the intention that as we are preparing all of these things, we we are intending to allow um, for a, a greater. Um, really, it, it sounds really kind of uber lofty, but. We are trying to create an atmosphere that's both comfortable and compelling for the family and for the body of Christ to be able to worship God. That's cool. That's cool. And so, guys, I just want to remind you, don't let things distract you. Really let them aid you. I was part of a church in Arizona where we used to sing from hymnals. Did anybody use hymnals growing up? Yeah, it was like... Turn to 596, how great thou art, and we would sing and turn to the next number. And, um, and that was cool. That was awesome is what we did. And the, uh, at some point, the pastor wanted to bring in an overhead projector. Has anybody ever heard of that? And I, did you ever use like, that? Like, not churches? this, like the, yeah. the plastic thing where you put a plastic marker. thing and it would cast it up on a screen. You would have thought we were asking to bring Satan into the church. <laughs> and it caused a church split. And a large group of the people moved. They built another building because we, you know, used the overhead. We didn't get rid of hymnals. We just used it every once in a while. And they were just distracted by it. And unfortunately, the enemy used it to do, you know, a horrible thing of just splitting the, the church there. Um, so I just want to encourage us, guys, let's not be distracted by these things. Let's, let's, let, let's let them be used to aid us in our thinking great thoughts about God. You know, one thing to think about 
when, when we're worshiping, there's a, there's a verse that I love in Psalms that says, um, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, or the praises of his people. It's saying there that God literally inhabits our praises. Think about that for a second. On Sunday, when we're, when we're praising, or even when we're off alone, we're praising. It says that he takes up residence in our praises. He's there dwelling in our praises. Isn't that a cool thought to think of? So when you're singing on Sunday, think those thoughts. Get caught up in those thoughts. Don't, don't get caught up in, in distractions. Yeah, certainly. The, the reality of that is that God is with us um, and all around us at, at all times. And when we as a family gather and recognize that all in, in one unified voice and declare it all together, there's really, um, a, you know, Great a really power. supernatural yeah. power in that. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. All right. I wish we could keep talking about this and, and you know, engaging with sort of, sort of stuff, but we got, we're going to have to wrap up because of time. But one thing that, you know, Kirk and I have briefly been talking about as we've been talking through this whole worship series is that, you know, we can talk about coming to God and engaging with Him and worshiping Him, but, you know, one thing that's going to prevent that is when we have something between us and God, when there is unconfessed sin against God, where we have sinned against Him, we've done what is displeasing to Him and we're trying to hide it and we don't want to really, you know, admit it or we don't want to say, you're right, God, I'm wrong. Guys, that's going to prevent us to be able to stand before Him unashamed and be able to fully worship Him. And, uh, you know, in, when, on Sundays when we join all together, um, it's important that we let go of those burdens and put them at the feet of Jesus because that's going to allow us then to fully think these thoughts about God and, and fully worship. You know, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and he's just, and will forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. Not some, all unrighteousness. And so, you know, Kirk and I were talking about this, and discussing this, and we thought, you know, we should be doing this most, if not all Sundays. Taking some time where we just quiet our hearts before God and allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts and minds and to see if there be any unclean way in us, any sinful thing that we've refused to bring before God, and to just confess it before our King. Publicly. Not publicly, kidding, but kidding. whatever. <laughs> one by one, everybody. No, but uh, Kirk, you can... Uh, let's give it up sure. for Kirk. Thank you, Kirk, for doing that. But we're going to do that this morning. We're going to take some time to just, uh, the worship team's just going to play some music, and we're going to quiet our hearts before the Lord and just, just let the Spirit unveil anything that might be, you know, wrong in your life. A, a place in your life where you've refused to just say, God, you're right, I'm wrong. I've sinned against you. And just ask the Spirit to unveil that and the reason I, I want you to ask the Spirit is because sometimes we've suppressed things for so long that we've just become used to it, but it's still not right. And so allow the Spirit to unpack that for you and to just show you where you've sinned against God, and then confess it to Him. Um, 
You know the story of the prodigal son. Many of us know that story. But the son, he, he takes his father's inheritance and he goes away and he just lives this life of debauchery, a life of sin, and spends it on all sorts of stuff. And he comes to the point of his life where he realizes, I am broken, I am ruined, I have nowhere to go. And he realizes, you know, the only choice I have before me is to go back to my father and just hope that he accepts me. You know, he might not accept me as a son, but he'll accept me as a slave. And that's better than where I'm here now. And so that's what he does. He goes back to his father to confess his sin. And that's what I want us to do this morning, is to take some time to just confess before our father. And if the Spirit reveals something to you where there's something between you and your wife, or you and your child, or you and your friend, just turn to them and say, I'm sorry. You can talk about it later, but just say, I'm sorry, and then continue with Jesus and what he's showing you. Kirk's going to, the team are going to play some music. He's going to sing the first verse just by himself, and then he's going to lead us just in a kind of a corporate forgiveness, and then we're going to sing together. And guys, when we sing these songs, let's sing from the bottom of our heart to a God who is worthy of all of our praises. Amen? So let's spend some time in confession right now.